0: Happy New Year, IES Teens. I hope all of you guys had an amazing holiday and got to spend it with your family, got some time to just recharge, to rest, and gear up for the new year. Man, what a year it has been. Definitely not as we would have planned. But we made it through. So give yourselves a pat on the back. Man, you made it through 2020. A year that will go down in history. Now, for a lot of people, a new year means a fresh start. A clean slate, a second chance, another opportunity to get things right. Now over the break, I had the privilege of talking to some of you guys and hear you share your New Year's resolution. with me. I love being able to hear what you guys plan to achieve in this upcoming year. And I love being able to be a part of that as I cheer you guys on and hold you guys accountable. Why don't we take a moment and write into the chat what some of your New Year's resolutions are. And if you guys want to reach out to me personally after this and just have a chat, I would love to hear you guys out. Or send some of your awesome leaders a message because I am sure they would love to hear you out and walk with you as we go through this upcoming year. Now, I know for a lot of people, New Year's resolution just sound a bit cliche. And I do believe that change should happen right there and then and that we don't need to wait for a new year to make those changes, to set new goals, to make things right and to seize opportunity. But since it is the new year, I figured we might as well do it together. Do it together as a church. Cue High School Musical, we're all in this together. We as children of Christ are called to love God, called to love others and reach the world. And that is what we believe here at IES. So this month, as we enter into a new year and a new sermon series, let us align ourselves, let us check ourselves and make sure that our priority in life, the center of everything we do, and that our first love is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness in our life, for your provision, Lord Jesus. We know that 2020 has just been a crazy year, but we made it through, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for seeing us through, although it might have been one heck of a challenge, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray that as we enter into this new year, Lord Jesus, that we will continue to be able to put our hope and trust in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we start a new sermon series, I pray that as I share here today, Lord Jesus, that you will speak through me, Lord Jesus. And I pray that as I speak through you, Lord Jesus, that whatever message you want me to communicate today, Lord Jesus, will be communicated clearly, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you open our hearts and that you open our minds at this very moment, Lord Jesus, ready to receive a word from you, Lord Jesus, ready to receive encouragement, ready to be refreshed and renewed as we head into this new year, our Jesus. So speak to each and every single one of us, our Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the title of this sermon series is First Love. So it's often said that falling in love for the first time is emotion with no comparison. It's a time of innocence, confidence, and excitement. I don't know if you guys have ever had that feeling before. Perhaps for some of you guys, you get those, you know that feeling, you get those butterflies in your stomach. For some of you guys, you guys just constantly want to be around that person. Some of you guys just can't stop thinking of that person. You're constantly on cloud nine. And I get it. Some of you younger guys right now who are just joining us at Teeds you might be like, yuck, this stuff is way too mushy and gushy. Stop it, posh. But the relationship that I want us to talk about today is the relationship we have with our heavenly loving Father. Is He your first love above all else? Above your family, above your boyfriend, above your girlfriend, above your friends, above your PlayStation, and above your video games? What, or I should say, who is your first love in your life? Some of you guys here today might have never discovered that true love or what it feels like to be in love with Jesus. Or for some of you guys, you might have experienced that love, but that love has faded. And when we look at the Ten Commandments, it says, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. God is the King of your life. And he should be the king of your heart as we enter into this new year. Even after such a difficult year. You know, for some of us, perhaps our priorities have been shaken up in this past year. And we have lost our sight of what truly matters in life. And that is why I want to take this opportunity to realign our hearts as individuals. And as a church, as we head into 2021. So let us have the right mindset. You know, Luke 10, verse 27, is probably one of the most familiar Bible verses all of you guys know. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind." And then it goes on by saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm sure all of you are familiar with this verse. But how many of you guys, how many of you guys actually live by it and believe it? And that it's not just a memory verse that you guys grew up memorizing as you guys were in Sunday school. Guys, it is not enough for us to know. But we need to believe it in our heart and live it out. We love God Because he first loved us. God's love was displayed by sending his very own son to live and minister on earth and dying a sinner's death on the cross to wash away our sins. Such perfect love demands a response. Now I know that 2020 wasn't the easiest years by any means, but God is always working and he's always up something. But a word of caution for you, especially as we head into this new year. I want you guys to take note here. As God is at work and wanting us to become more and more like him, the devil isn't far behind. The scripture tells us that he is our enemy who's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil employs many tactics as he tries to throw off the work of of God. He introduces division and is ready with a nasty tool chest full of things like gossip, like jealousy, like pride, and causes us people to take our eyes off Jesus and his commandments and causes instead for us to focus on earthly things with no eternal value. And even when all those tactics and schemes do not work, if he cannot deceive us, if he cannot divide us, then he'll try to divert us. It is perhaps the most insidious tool of all because it masks behind the facade of success. The fire we once had for Jesus is replaced with an acceptance of things as they are. How many of you guys have just become complacent after such a crazy year? Satan wants us to become so satisfied with where we are, with what we are doing, and with what we have accomplished, that instead of maintaining that red-hot passion for Christ and for his kingdom, we just lose that fire for Christ and his kingdom. And we replace all of that, all of that fire, with complacency. As we head into this new year, we must be on our guard. Not only individually, but also as a church, to make sure we do not lose that passion. I want IS teens. I want IS to be, I want you to be somebody that's on fire for Jesus, that has so much passion for him. Today, I want us to take a look at the church in Ephesus. When we look at the church in Ephesus, our Bible reading today comes from Revelation 2, verse 1 to 7 the church in Ephesus. To the angel, to the church in Ephesus writes, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the scripture says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, when we look at the city of Ephesus, it was a mighty and majestic city. It was it a was center of tourism and trade. It was a wealthy city and yet a very pagan city. It was a cosmopolitan city. Now, when we look at the people of Ephesus, These people understood who they were in Christ. How to walk with Christ and how to engage in spiritual warfare. Their problem, the the Ephesians' problems, was not their failure to understand the good doctrine, nor their problem was their lack of perseverance. Outwardly, everything looked great. We can read this in verses 1 to 3. And God commands them for that. For nothing goes unnoticed by God. He knows everything we do. He saw everything they did. But there's a powerful insight to be learned here. Mere works are not enough to please God. He wants more than an outward compliance. What Jesus wants is a heart that is changed. That is why after commanding them in verses 2 to 3, he consoles them in verses 4 to 5. When we look at verse 5, it says, But I have this against you, that you have lost your first love. The message translation says, But why have you walked away from your first love? Why? He counsels them to return to their first love, to keep Jesus first in their heart. The people of Ephesus had started out strong, but over time, things had begun to change. Does it ever happen to you guys? Do you guys ever start off strong and then things start to change? A generation had come and gone since Paul had preached to them. While they had remained faithful to the word of God and had endured hardship, they had lost their passion, their fire for Christ. Their passionate love that had motivated them and burn that had motivated them and burned within their hearts had given way. As I mentioned in our, in our in in our in our in our Christmas series yesterday, sometimes we get so caught up with just all the Christmas trees and Santa and gifts, we we lose the awe of Christmas and what it's truly about of His love for us. Maybe that's you guys. Maybe you guys have lost that. Love, maybe you guys have lost that awe for Him. You know, sure, you've been doing all your Bible plans, you've been doing all your reading. Yeah, sure, you guys still attend IS online, but you're just bored out of your mind, and you're just not going anywhere. What happens when we we lose our first love? We focus on form instead of the substance of our faith. You know, again, I I love hearing how you guys want to do your Bible plans. I mean, uh, my my pit stop boys do it and I love it. And I love hearing how you guys want to do devotions and read the Bible and all of that stuff. But you know what, guys? Sometimes we get so caught up with all of this doing. With all of this doing. We just constantly try to change this and do this and do that. But I always say we don't need a behavior modification. What we need as we head into this new year we need a hard transformation. So, so how what what happens when we lose that first love when God is no longer our first love? Maybe for some of you guys, you can relate to some of these things. And let's just really take this moment to check ourselves. When we lose our first love, we become infatuated with knowledge instead of holiness. Person, per, personal holiness is no longer our quest. Become, become, we become so convinced that knowledge is what makes us holy. I've read the Bible two times through. What we become, what we know becomes more important than what we are. We become comfortable with the holy, with the holy instead of being in awe of it. Again, what I said at the Christmas sermon series. That sense of awe is gone. We no longer approach God and view Him in this, in this, in this majesty, in the wonder. Of it. We lose awe. A sense of awe that Isaiah had when he was in the presence of God is gone. Maybe some of you guys feel that way too. You've once discovered it, but now it's gone. We become so content with what we are instead of being driven to become more and more like Christ. The passion for becoming more like Christ has diminished. Instead, we're so focused on comparing ourselves to each other, against one another, always reasoning with ourselves that as long as I am better as this person, or as long as I'm better than that person, I'm okay, we're so-so, it's okay. Guys, this attitude leads to self righteousness. Another thing that happens is we allow other things to sit on the throne of our lives. We relegate God, we relegate Christ to a lesser place of importance. Other things are more important our games, our friends, our family, success, our grades, our pride, our prestige, our pleasure. We let something else sit in the throne of our lives. We begin to love something or someone more than we love Christ. This is the bottom line. We become dispassionate and cool in our relationship with Christ. Now maybe for some of you guys, some of these things that I just mentioned resonate with you guys today you might find little or no time for him on a daily basis. Instead of being concerned about the things that concern him, we are more concerned about our personal desires and willing to give all we are and all we have to Jesus. And perhaps you're more willing to give your time and energy into school, and your personal life. Life has become more about self advancement instead of growing your relationship with Christ and reigniting that passion, whether it's been there before or you guys have lost it. Friends, Christ never asked to be part of our lives. He asked for all of it. He never asked for a place in our heart. He asked for absolute rule and reign in our hearts. He never asked to be one of the many passions. He asked to be the consuming passion of our lives. What Jesus wants is for us to love him like he loved us. He demonstrated that love for us on the cross. Jesus suffered and died for us, burying our sins on Calvary's cross. Not because he was forced to, but because of his love for us and his desire to bring us into relationship with the Father. Jesus has never lost his passion for us. His love for us burns like a crazy flame. His desire to be in relationship with us is as strong today as it was when he made you and me. And it's as passionate today as when he hung the tree on that cross and said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Jesus loves us and he wants us to return the love. We, the church, are his bride. He loves us. a husband loves his wife. He loves you. So as we enter into this new year, I want to ask all of you guys, who is your first love? And as you guys think about that, maybe you guys need some time to just work through some things. I want to be able to pray for you guys here today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your love for us, Lord Jesus. You're just such a good, good Father, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know that there are some here today, Lord Jesus, that have not experienced that love, Lord Jesus. Perhaps they've been looking in that love in all the wrong places, Lord Jesus. I just pray that today that they will be able to discover and experience that love for the first time, Lord Jesus, in the most real, powerful, beautiful, and intimate way, Lord Jesus. That they will be able to put you first and be able to build a relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Maybe there are some here today that have just been so caught up in doing all these things. That they have forgot the true meaning of love and putting you first in their life. That it's all up here and it's not in here and that they don't have that relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray today, Lord Jesus, that they will be reminded of what is truly about, Lord Jesus. Lord, some of us have just grown complacent with our relationship with you. That flame has just died down or it's just been simmering, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you reignite that flame, Lord Jesus, as we head into the new year. For some of us here today, we've experienced that love. We've we've, we've experienced the wonder and that all, Lord Jesus, for you and, and the beauty of your love, Lord Jesus, but that flame has faded. Again, I just pray that as we head into this new year, that that flame will be ignited again, Lord Jesus, ignited stronger than ever before. I pray that that flame will be the most important thing to carry through this upcoming year, Lord Jesus, and their life, Lord Jesus, that, that love they have for you, Lord Jesus, because you first loved us, Lord Jesus. I pray for this, not only as us as individuals, Lord Jesus, to be able to put you first and have that love for you, Lord Jesus, but us also as a ministry here at IS Teens, as an IS Teens family, as IS as whole, Lord Jesus. May our first love be you. May we put you first and foremost in everything we do, Lord Jesus. May you lead the way, Lord Jesus. We're just so thankful for your love. It's never in, it's never ending, and never changing. Praise you for that. But I just pray a blessing upon all of us as we go from this place, Lord Jesus, that you continue to protect us, that you continue to guide us, that you continue to be with us as we go from this place and take on the upcoming week, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.